Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, Chad Cahoy, owner of Jacksonville Strength and Athletics in Jacksonville, Florida. Sir, how are you doing today? We're doing well. Thanks, Tom. All Glad right. To be here. I am excited to have you. Um, haven't had a lot of, uh, you know, weightlifting focus guys on the pod lately. So it's good to get back into that area and, and talk about that. So give us the lowdown. Tell us about Jacksonville Strength and Athletics and, you know, let the people hear what you're all about. So um, Jacksonville Strength and Athletics uh, was established as uh, the LLC was established in like December, 2019, um, kind of got everything up and running, found a location in, um, in January of 2020, um, decided to go ahead and bite the bullet and get everything going. Uh, the gym's about, you know, 1500 square feet. I got a small office. I run, um, nine, uh, Olympic weightlifting platforms, and then I got, you know, some small turf sections so I can run personal training and some hit classes and then, you know, do some athletic development or athletic performance classes as well. Um, so, yeah, I got about uh, right now, you know, I only have about 45 members still working on trying to grow the business and, and get everything going. Um, but this is a it's it's my good startup. So. Heck, yeah. So. You know, through through virtue of of um, the pandemic that nobody could have, have planned on or or had a playbook for, you get a little bit of a false start or a delayed start. But you came into this thing with with some experience as a trainer, with running some programs other places, Correct. Um, and and it, all of us at some point or another, um, it, I feel like we've been in a facility or maybe in a job in a different career. We're like, man. I really love this, but I could do it better if I was in charge, right? I need to be the, the captain of this ship. So, yeah. you know, and as a, as a retired Navy person, I guess legitimately being the captain of the ship is something that could be on your mind. Not, yeah. that, anyone, not that everyone always wants that. So you get into it, um, you, you fight through what you needed to, to wait out the pandemic and all the anxiety that came with that. But um, you open the place up. Tell us about, you know, your starting, your core group, who came with you from other places, who was, who was maybe waiting for you to open, to come over to you. What did that look like? So, um, to be very, like, uh, very frank, um, I did have, uh, about 10 personal training clients at my previous location that I was coaching at. And I was coaching there for about three years, um, CrossFit classes, Olympic weightlifting, and I was doing personal training, um, you know, and when I left, it was kind of a, a shock to a lot of them. And, you know, they were, you know, at the time, uh, diehards, you know, they were like, oh, you know, if you go somewhere, we're going to go with you, you know, don't, you know, you have nothing to worry about. We love you as a trainer. And then, you know, when I left, I kind of got left hanging. I didn't have anybody. Um, the only person that kind of came with me was my son and then my girlfriend at the time. So I literally had to start from scratch. I had nobody, nobody came with me. Um, I do have um, some clients now that were at, at that gym um, for a while, but all they wanted to do is Olympic weightlifting. They didn't want to have to deal with the CrossFit um, aspect of that gym. 
Um, they didn't want to have to deal with the CrossFit pricing um, that goes along with, you know, being a member of the CrossFit gym. Um, and that's some, one thing that I don't have to worry about either. So, yeah, I was I started from scratch and it's just been it's been um, everything that I could do to learn how to, I guess, market, not not just myself, because um, I I don't market myself as much as I should, because, you know, I do have a lot of knowledge in the sport and in this field. Um, but um, trying to market the gym, just like market the gym, what my what the options are available to clients that are coming in. So it's just been, it's been, a, it's been a little bit of a roller coaster, especially with, with COVID. Yeah. Yeah. COVID is, uh, there's some silver linings in the COVID cloud, but not a lot of them. Hopefully, you know, one of those might've been real estate availability for you. You know, that is kind of, that put the things in favor a little bit for, for some commercial real estate, uh, man, up here in the Northeast, it, it crushed the residential, but, um, but yeah, there's COVID has been something, but, um, I want to dive in because you said, you know, you've looked at marketing yourself versus marketing the facility, what you have to offer the community you're building. When you say marketing, what does that look like for you? Is it, you know, hand-to-hand -hand combat? Is it events? Is it, um, you know, putting flyers on people? Is it social media? You know, what, what have you done to actually market in whatever way you've packaged it? So um, to be quite honest, uh, what I, I did, you know, I dabbled with um, for a short period of time. Um, there was a, a mobile personal training. You can't really say a facility because it was mobile personal training. So I kind of dabbled in that and, you know, I, I, I watched the owner of that, you know, kind of hire me as like his head personal trainer, like his lead, lead trainer. And he was hiring some more people on and I saw how he was kind of struggling with, you know, and spending money on, on printed materials, you know, how he was kind of going and he was getting flyers printed. He was getting little roadsides printed up and, you know, he was getting, you know, magnet door magnets and stuff made and, you know, we were spending, and he was spending a lot of his personal time out and he had a regular job too. So he's spending a lot of personal time out, you know, putting all this stuff up and it just wasn't, it wasn't, you know, um, it wasn't being, it wasn't fruitful for him. So, you know, kind of learn from that a little bit and moving forward into my facility, you know, I really started to look back and started really watching like Instagram and looking up like Facebook and you know, nowadays, TikTok, um, you know, things like that. So it's like, it's where we're going, you know, and it's not just this pandemic has really opened up the world of social media. Um, and, you know, not a lot of people like it, it doesn't matter if you put things on people's doorsteps or hang little door tickets on their doors or anything like that. They just they, if anything, they grab them and throw them in the trash. They don't care, you know. Um, I've, as far as printing wise, I've probably, I've printed out business cards and I've taken them to like vitamin shops and GNCs, you know, in, in this, in the typical things, but I, I kind of gave up on that. And I was like, look, it's, it's gotta be social media. So I've really started looking at how to put videos together. I've started looking at how to, you know, really doing a good job as I, you know, in, encourage my athletes to take videos of them lifting and coach, you know, being coached and how their progress is being made and things like that. So I really kind of use their 
progression um, as incentives for, you know, either beginner athletes to see, oh, well, if this person can do it, I can do it or, you know, competitions or anything like that. So I just use, I take as much as I can right now and I use all of that, but I have bigger plans moving into the next year. So, okay. All right. Is it too soon to get into what those look like? Uh, no, not really. I mean, so um, just, I, I guess for starters, um, I, I decided that I, I, I want a bigger footprint in Jacksonville um, as far as a gym is concerned. Uh, and I decided to actually, as of today, I um, uh, sent in all the paperwork to get the gym name changed from Jacksonville Strength and Athletics to just Jacksonville Strength. So it's just, it's a very simple and it's a very kind of broad and all around, you know, name that just kind of sticks because I do. Oh, and one thing I did forget to tell you, um, I just recently about a month ago started a powerlifting program because I had a lot of people calling me up and say, Hey, do you coach powerlifting? Well, I mean, I don't, I haven't coached powerlifting as a sport, but I know how to coach the powerlifting movements. I know how to teach people setups. I know how to do all that. So I see, you know, I started thinking about it. It's like, you know what? I'm going to start a program. And I've got my first like athlete that wants to actually do a powerlifting competition. And I have a couple other athletes that are actually in there and they train powerlifting, but they're not ready for the comps yet. So anyway, so um, that's my big first, you know, big first step going into 2022 is just change the name. Let's get everything bigger. Gotcha. So does that mean for you that as a facility and as methodology and, and what you're including for services, are you going to go away from the, the fitness aspect, the hit classes, the, the personal training side of things and go more into the sport specific? Is that the direction it's going? That's essentially the direction that it's going. I really want to focus my my abilities um, and what I really feel that I've been blessed with as far as training goes and coaching goes, um, I really want to focus the, on more more strength sports. Um, I'm I already have some football players that come to the gym, um, so I'm really looking towards Olympic weightlifting, um, powerlifting. Uh, and athletic performance. I'm kind of, yeah, I'm kind of veering away from the personal training side and, and the hit side. Now, I, I'm, I don't want to get rid of it altogether because the next big thing that, you know, I was, I'm going to mention to you is that I'm getting ready to dive into looking for a larger facility. Because mm -hmm. 1,500 square feet, I'm already like I'm capped out. Like yesterday afternoon, I was I was stress testing the seams. I had people everywhere and running into things, and it was just it was a little bit chaotic. And it's like, okay, well, it's about that time. It's it's really about that time to start looking into a larger facility. Yeah, there's a lot going on there, and and the reason I ask that too is because I I do speak to a lot of either sports specific trainers or weightlifting or just powerlifting people who are in, in a little bit more of a niche aspect mm -hmm. of the, the fitness world and what usually ends up happening. And I know that you have a background where you worked in a, a couple of CrossFit facilities where it's, it's easy to attract people for general fitness. It's easy to get people in that, you know, that want to lose weight or, you know, want to, 
just generally, you know, they want to work out, they want some sort of results and then show them like, Hey, this weightlifting thing is cool. This powerlifting thing is cool. So it's sometimes it's nice to have that pond that yep. is under your roof yep. that you can fish from. And mm -hmm. let's be frank, from a revenue standpoint, those people you've seen it, they'll pay more. Yeah. Where it's, it's, it's hard for people to see the value. There are some people you and I could go on forever of what a good weightlifting coach is worth or what a good yep. power coach is worth. But there's this in-between space where it's like, hey, maybe I don't love the fitness side of it. But if yeah. I'm going to a bigger facility, if I want to maximize, you know, revenue so that I can draw from this pool, maybe I coach the strength and conditioning. I coach the, the weightlifting. And I just have somebody else who does that. If they Nailed love it. it, right? Because ultimately, exactly. we all want to help people reach their position, feel the best, have that mental, physical health. It doesn't mean that you want to get in there and coach a boot camp class, right? No. That might sound like the seventh circle of hell to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but there's there's business opportunity there. And it's sometimes it's hard to ignore unless I mean you're in Jacksonville, it's a good sized city, but it's still yeah. hard to find enough people that just want to come in off the street and say, Hey Chad, I want I want to I want to snatch and I want yeah. to work. So yeah. But if you can, if you can intro them or drag them along, you know, in through the facility and go, Hey, what's that guy doing? Hey, that looks yeah. cool. Hey, maybe I don't want to get my brains beat out doing burpees. Yeah. Can I yeah. get fit doing that too? Well, yeah. well, yes, Absolutely. you can, man. Absolutely. So, so yeah. there's, um, it's great that you're open-minded as far as that stuff goes. Yeah. I mean, I, I intend on maybe hiring an, uh, another trainer. I, I do have some friends that have reached out to me, you know, right when I opened the gym and asked me if, you know, I could, you know, they could come and work for me and train for me. And, you know, I'm keeping them, you know, in my back pocket for mm -hmm. when that opportunity does come around. Um, but yeah, for right now, it's just one of those things where, um, I, like I said, I'm, I'm keeping it open. Fortunately for me, Jacksonville is kind of, um, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to let my secret out, but we have a lot high school in Florida has a weightlifting program mm -hmm. and all the high schools in the state of Florida and not necessarily men, but the high schools in the state of Florida at least have a women's weightlifting team. So, um, and it used to be like in Texas, their weightlifting is different than in the state of Florida, where in the state of Florida that we do, you know, in Texas, I believe they do more of like the power lifting. Um, that's the aspect of it. Well, in the state of Florida, they do more, there was kind of a hybrid between power lifting and Olympic weightlifting where they had bench press of all things. And then they had clean and jerks. Well, that's great. But then Florida is like, okay, we like that idea, but you know what, let's, let's, let's make this a little more fun and a little more competitive. So they threw snatches in. So they're adding snatches into the high school weightlifting program. This is the first year that they're doing it, but they're only really it's so it's an option for the athlete this year because it's so brand new. So I'm trying to do my best to like capitalize on that you know, what Florida has, has begun, right. The Florida high school athletics association, I'm trying to capitalize on that, on that and say, you know what, if you want to learn how to do this and be really good at it in your off season, come and see me. 
So that's kind of where I'm going with the Olympic weightlifting portion. Yeah. Well, that's a heck of a pool to be able to draw from for sure. Yeah. It really, really is. Cause there's a lot of untapped potential. Yeah. And whether they have it in school or not, like you said, they have that void over the summer or in their off season. There's only so much budget anywhere for stuff. Yeah. Even if they're getting coaching in their program, there might still be room for strength, pro strength programming. You're, you're getting coached in a group environment. Maybe you want some individual attention. There's a lot yeah. of ways that you can, you can parlay that. So yeah. interesting perspective for sure. And, and again, being that you're in a larger city, it's not just that Florida's doing, I mean, there's going to be, I mean, how many high schools are there and how many kids are there, you know, just within. I mean, just in Jacksonville, it's, it's yeah. insane because of how big the city is like area wise. It's so big. Yeah. Yeah. And um, of course, you know, for, for adult strength and conditioning, people might not drive more than 10 minutes, 15 minutes to go to a gym. Yeah. But for parents, if they know that this is the best program for my kid, they might drive 30 minutes or an hour. So parents will do anything for their kids. Absolutely. If they know that they're, they want their kids to be superstars, they'll bring them. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that's an interesting uh, perspective on things. So, you know, as, as far as the logistics of the business go, and I, I always like to get these different perspectives, you know, where you're coming from, you know, using social media, really showing progress as far as people with their lifts and their training. What does that make the sales process look like for you when somebody actually reaches out, DMs you on social media, or, you know, sends you an email through your website and says, Hey, Chad, I've been following you or I'm interesting, interested in, in working with you. Where does it go from there? Once someone raises their hand, what's the process you take them through? I mean, it's, it really, it really depends on their, um, you know, their experience, you know, if they, I, I get a lot of people that have dabbled in the sport of weightlifting and CrossFit. I have, I, I have right now currently some, um, some young adults that have did some weightlifting in high school and they really, really enjoy it, but now they're not doing anything uh, and they want to pick up weightlifting again. So it really depends on the experience. Then I've had people who've never done it before. I've got a gal in my gym never done any Olympic weightlifting ever before in her life. Um, she started about four months ago with me. She's like 64 years old. Right. And she came in and I asked her what her experience was. And she's like, well, I've done a lot of kettlebell training. And obviously that doesn't relate in any way whatsoever to Olympic weightlifting. So I have to try to figure out a way logistically to write, to get her to train her and try to get her try to figure, try to try to get her to understand what the differences are. But then, you know, there are some similarities in movement, especially like the kettlebell swing or anything like that. So there are some similarities, but we need to make sure that there, she understands that there are also differences. So it really depends. Now I do have a lot of athletes um, that are more experienced in the advanced stages of Olympic weightlifting as well. Um, and that's kind of where I'm going this next year. I'm starting a, a, a higher level competitors program. Um, my son is on the USA weightlifting international team for oh. juniors. Um, we just got back from junior Pan Ams in Mexico about a month or a month and a half ago or so. Um, so that's really kind of what inspired me 
and re-motivated me to blow up. So I'm going to, regardless of the experience level, who comes in my door, you, I have, you know, I have three different programs, beginner, I'm going to have advanced, and then I'm going to have, you know, and I'm going to have competitors. And it just depends on where you want to go with it. If you want to just do this to get strong and in shape, and you've never done weightlifting before, here you go. You know, I've got three day programs and I got unlimited, which you can come in, you know, six times a week if you like. And those beginner programs are only an hour long. I got advanced programs that, you know, the three day and unlimited as well. Um, They're usually their workouts are about an hour and a half. And then I'm kicking off this competitors program coming up in 2022, which is just going to be like, look, this, this program excites me because this program is made specifically for those athletes that want to be on that national stage on that national platform and competing for a spot on those international teams. That's going to be uh, that's going to be some serious mountains you're moving there, but it sounds like there isn't, there isn't going to be much that gets in your way other than just, just the time it takes to put it in the groundwork, lay the foundation and, and just get out there and do it. That's it. I mean, programming's all in my head already. I, I already know everything that I want to do for each one of these individuals, uh, uh, programs, you know, my athletic performance program, my powerlifting program. And like I said, if I can get into a bigger facility this next year, which I, I'm really, really doing the best that I can to kind of get things set up now, but I'd like to get in. So my contract is coming up in 2023. So I want to have a bigger facility picked out and ready to move into right away as soon as that contracts out. So I can, or, or sooner if, if at all possible. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I mean, what do you see? Are there any big obstacles in your way? Is it just a matter of, of, of doing the work and grinding it out? Or is there, is there any big, you know, big dragon that you had to conquer to really move to that next step? Yeah. I mean, honestly, it, the, the biggest thing right now is, is funding. With the way the economy is going right now, um, you know, and not just not just the economy, but also with the pandemic still here, you know, with coronavirus still here. And, you know, I, I, I'm kind of trying to stop saying pandemic because it's really I mean, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But um, and that's just my perspective on it. Um, people are letting this hold them back um, from doing what they need to be doing to keep themselves healthy, to keep themselves strong, to you know, to build up their immune systems and things like that. And we just have to understand that. So going back to your question, um, I think funding, funding and just where where the world is at, where the United States right now is at, it's, that's been my biggest um, kind of hurdle, I guess. And I think it's going to continue to be a hurdle for a little while. Yeah. One of the things that that, that I've seen that that makes me think of, and I know that it's, there's really no substitute in a lot of ways for, you know, the in-person tactile coaching, instant feedback, but the pandemic has highlighted a lot of opportunities for people to do online coaching, to do remote coaching, things like that. Is that something that's on your radar? Is it something that you would get into if you had had the right opportunity, if things aligned to do it? I actually currently have a four day, um, uh, remote programming, remote program option um, mm-hmm. for people to get into. Um, I have a couple local athletes that I have on that program. Um, mm-hmm. 
just basically because, you know, work uh, doesn't allow them to, to get into the gym as much as, as they would like to. And they have a small setup at home in their garage. So, you know, I do have uh, that option currently. Um, I had a kid come in from FSU uh, last week during Thanksgiving that he's seriously looking into this remote programming. So um, I fully intend on expanding my remote programming and my remote coaching uh, availability. Um, once, uh, probably this next year, I'm really going to start pushing it, especially for some of my more advanced athletes. It's just really, really hard to coach a beginner athlete um, those movements if you're not there in person. In person, it's just you. It's really hard to teach setup. It's really hard to teach positioning. It's really hard to teach engagement. There's just so many things that are difficult to teach somebody who's a very, very beginner. So, um, but for my advanced athletes and my competitive athletes, absolutely going to throw that one out there a little bit more and promote it. Got it. So as we start to run down on time here, um, yep. one, of my, one of my favorite questions to ask is um, especially... I think in your position where you've, you've kind of tried a couple of different flavors of fitness business, you know, as an, as a coach, as an employee, as a head coach, and now as an owner. So you've got different perspectives. So um, if you could go back to when you I think when you first started formulating, all right, I'm going to do this on my own. I'm going to be the, the captain of the ship. If there was one lesson you could give yourself earlier or one piece of advice, what do you think it would be? You know, I, when I got hired on as a head coach, uh, head CrossFit coach at the gym, you know, and I kind of started seeing the way that the, the, the owner ran his, it, it was kind of a hybrid. It was a kind of a Globo gym on one side and a CrossFit gym on, and powerlifting gym on another side. When I started to see that and I started to see how it was running right away, I decided that at some point in my, in my life, I wanted to have my own gym. So I guess the advice, the, the advice that I would, I would, I would give would be, you know, get your education, get an advanced education. Don't just go get, you know, don't, don't, you know, continue to learn, always continue to learn, you know, don't ever stop learning, get your education and be better than the 90% that are out there. That's, that's, that's really kind of my my two cents, you know, be, be better. And once, once you know that you're that be confident in that. Yeah. Who could ever go wrong being better and being confident? That's it. Okay, sir. Last bit of information before we let you go here. If people want to find out more about you, your programs, all the things that you're doing, where can they find you online? What's the social media? What are the websites? How do they so know the, the website is uh, jacksonvilleweightlifting.com. Mm -hmm. And then um, the social media for uh, Instagram is Jack's Strength and Athletics spelled out. And then um, just on Facebook, it's Jacksonville Strength and Athletics. And then I believe I do have a gym TikTok that I haven't really started adding to, but that's something new that's coming into 2020. I'm going to be posting a lot of coaching videos. I'm going to be posting a lot of educational type videos mm -hmm. coming in, coming in 2020. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. And then 
as you as you update and eventually rebrand all of those things will be on the website they'll be able to find you wherever wherever you hop around or when we rebrand. absolutely the website name's not going to change that's still going to stay the same um like the 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 instagram name and you know every all that stuff will change slightly but still going to be found in the same place okay sir well it's been a pleasure having you on today i appreciate your time i appreciate yours thank you so much don you're welcome and to everybody out there listening as always we appreciate your time we thank you for spending part of your day with us if you found value in this episode i know i did hit the subscribe button We'll notify you when new episodes drop. If you would like to be on the show, click the link in the description, fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Jim Lord's Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches and learn more about their business and business knowledge as a whole. I'm your host, Ryan Carson, and today we're here with Eric. Eric, how's it going, buddy? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go ahead and dive into it. So what is the name of your facility and where are you guys located at? CrossFit Combat Fitness in Fresno, California. Okay. Awesome, man. And how long have you been in business? Um, since I opened the CrossFit part of it, uh, back in 2009. Oh, okay, man. So you're, so you're an OG, right? So over 10 years now. Yep. Awesome, man. So, um, explain to me like the fitness part too. So you offer more than just CrossFit. Is that kind of where the fitness part comes in or is it still all (laughs) one? of it but um so you know not everyone's in the crossfit um, i actually started a, a boot camp uh class that's you know just more basic exercises we don't do uh usually don't lift that heavy it's up to the individual but uh, we don't do the complex movements like olympic lifts or any of the technical gymnastic type stuff okay it's more, more basic stuff yeah yeah i like that so as far as um like getting new clients so, or let's talk about your existing client base right now. So how many are, are actual CrossFit and how many kind of fall into the other category and who does both? Um, people don't usually do both. Okay. Um, they might start out with uh, one and then switch to the other. You know, I had people start out doing boot camp and yeah. they see the CrossFitters like, oh, that looks pretty cool. And then they, so they'd want to, so they ended up, ended up uh, switching over into CrossFit. Um, plus, you know, at the boot camp, it, at some point, you kind of plateau or you, you're not that ch- you're not challenged that much anymore. So, yeah. people that like to be challenged, like, hey, I, you know, that looks that looks fun. You know, Olympic lifts look fun, or that, you know, those handstand push-ups or whatever, you know, look look pretty cool. So, yeah. Uh, so, have some people that you know 
obviously almost everybody in, on earth has heard about CrossFit. Um, so the people get curious, like, hey, I want to try this CrossFit thing out. And, and they don't really know that much about it. And they get in a little over their heads, I guess. And uh, <laughs> yeah, realize like how technical it is and, and that you really need to put the time and effort into learning proper techniques. So, um, you know, they see the, the boot camp classes there hey what's that over there <laughs> oh, okay yeah that makes sense that makes sense you know, yeah. it's just a better fit for them basically but, but um yeah i don't have people that usually do both okay yeah and, and that's a good point you made um on, on both ends especially but um you know talking to other gym owners i've you know we've kind of came across the same conversation like someone gets into crossfit thinking it's one thing and they're kind of in over their head so the cool thing about your gym is instead of losing that person altogether, you have somewhere else to put them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love, I love that, uh, that idea. So is that, did that just kind of come to you for that reason or did you just want to do that in the beginning anyways? Um, well, kind of background. Um, I started out as a strength and conditioning coach at Fresno state okay. for nine years. And then, um, I had an opportunity to go into the private sector with a company called Velocity Sports Performance, which is really focusing on training athletes. Yeah. Uh, they had a, a, an adult program. It wasn't really called boot camp or anything like that, but it was just adult fitness kind of a thing. A lot of the, the, the parents of the kids that we were training said, hey, this looks pretty cool. This looks pretty fun. So started out with that um, and then kind of evolved into – uh, when I that closed down, I ended up taking the clientele from there and, and moving into my own facility and um, brought in, brought over uh, all the clients that were existing. So I had a head start for sure. Okay. Uh, you know, I didn't start, start from scratch, but uh, just kind of called it uh, uh, boot camp. This, you know, at that time, boot, you know, boot camp was starting to become a popular term. Yeah. And, that type of thing. And there was, uh, I think only at that time, one other person doing uh, boot camp classes and that it was all outdoors. And so we had indoor facilities. So yeah, kind of into that. And uh, so I had to cross it in the boot camp, but I was training athletes the whole time as Got well. That. that background from Fresno state and then velocity sports performance doing like the, the sports performance training. Got it. Yeah. That, that's pretty cool. So yeah, the fact that you mentioned that, you know, we, you know, we see big trends in the industry and, you know, so like, yeah, the 2009 era, that is like when the boot camp started, but like you said, a lot of them were outdoors and it seemed like the outdoor phase lasted for a few years until the boutique thing like came into play. So the cool thing is that you had, like, you could already bring those people indoors because I think a lot of the boot camps started off as trainers, right? That they were just doing stuff outside, you know, that didn't have a facility yet. Yeah, and it's a low cost way of doing stuff. You have minimal overhead, but yeah, also exactly. minimal equipment too. Yeah, so, you know, only so much that you can take outside, and you know, <laughs> yeah. you want to fill a trailer yeah. full of stuff and haul it around or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, looking at things now, um, now, how many, um, like, in terms of staff, is it just you, or do you have other coaches with you too? Uh, in the past, I've had other coaches, but since the COVID thing hit, um, just me, myself, and I right now. Okay. All right. And so so you handle absolutely everything. So how 
what's that like on a time management thing for you? Is it a little stressful? Or, I mean, is the number of clients overwhelming yet? Or are you, are you like in a pretty good spot with that? Well, I mean, I mean, it's got to the point where the, you know, I was overwhelmed and I would definitely hire somebody, but yeah. at this point, um, you know, still haven't really fully recovered from the, the lockdowns and stuff. And who knows whether we'll have to see the, the election, the recall election, if uh, we're going to shut down again. Yeah. So um, like in terms of that right now, so what, like, what are you guys allowed to do right now in the facility? Right now we're allowed to do everything. Okay. Okay. So do you have like a, a number of people that you can have in there or no? Like a uh, no, number? Not, yeah, not anymore. At the After the first lockdown, when they opened back up, it was, you know, you're only supposed to have so many people for a certain square footage of facility or whatever. Spacing had to be a certain, you know, certain right. spacing. And uh, I mean, people were getting crazy, some of the gyms, and they were like, you know, marking off squares where hey you have to stay in your little area or uh, i've seen some where they had like cubicles with like i saw that I saw plastic that. barriers and stuff like that but yeah i think the, the clients that's uh, i had clients that that um you just got scared and they didn't want to even risk anything and they they still aren't back um yeah so they just, but i i trained people pretty much through the whole thing and those I, I mean i have doctors too that train in here and you know they're in here working out not wearing masks not mm. i mean we don't i mean we sanitize all the equipment that we use um at, at the end we don't really share equipment yeah. uh anymore you know before we'd share stuff but yeah I, I now i just leave it up to the individual like hey yeah man, I mean some people know each other they're either close friends or their relatives and you know, if you feel comfortable sharing, you know, I don't have people coming in that are sick or, you know, people are, people use their brain, you know. I mean, like, it's kind of a common sense thing, right? And um, see, I own a gym and that's, you know, a lot of people were, they're okay. Like, are you, are you guys doing the sanitizing and stuff? And I was like, well, like we were doing that anyways. You know, like if you want to take it up to another level, personally, you can do that. But, you know, we were already, you know, taking care of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, you do that anyway, so you don't spread uh, impetago or other <laughs> skin ailments yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, and they all have, it's, you know, it's funny thing is, since I became more, you know, we became more diligent about cleaning definitely after COVID started, but um, I've used less hand sanitizer. So oh, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, you're basically you're sanitizing your hands when you're, sanitizing the equipment so yeah it's kind of funny. like people were bringing in like donating bottles of, of sanitizer i have so many bottles of sanitizer now that I'll oh man so yeah it. you can yeah you can make some money or at least there for a while you could have made some money selling that right <laughs> if you had a, a big stock of it next uh next um, shortage or whatever yeah yeah <laughs> so looking at like okay so let's see so you don't have any staff right now are you doing, did you do anything online, like as far as programming or were you like doing any of that before? I did not do anything before, but uh, the first shutdown was supposed to be, you know, the two weeks to flatten the curve that uh, lasted a lot longer than that. Um, I posted workouts online. I think we must've been shut down for like either four, four to six weeks or something. The first shutdown, I, I don't even remember, but I was, you know, posting 
daily workout videos, stuff people, stuff people, stuff people can do at home um, without any equipment or just minimal equipment like a jump rope or something like that. Because at that time, uh, when they shut all the gyms down, you couldn't buy any equipment online. No. No, you just everything was sold out. I mean, everything was double or triple the price of what it normally would have been. So, you know, people couldn't even get equipment to train with at home. Uh, yeah. So I had all like body weight type uh, workouts and I just tried to make it be creative. And so it wasn't like the same thing over and over and over again. And so I just post, you know, five or 10 minute uh, explanation of the workouts and, you know, make it like a 30 or 45 minute AMRAP or something like that. Yeah. Or, rounds for time but i tried to keep it in somewhere in the actual workout time of about 30 to 45 minutes yeah that yeah that makes sense and that's the thing like no one could buy equipment and you know if you could it was like you know triple the price which was completely insane and i've still been looking on marketplace like on facebook and you know things are starting to kind of come back out there now i think people bought all this equipment for their house and then it turns out it's like a, a clothes rack basically right? Yeah. Like they're not using it. Yeah. Some people are still hanging on to their stuff, um, waiting for the next shutdown, but other people are like, Hey, the gyms are open. I don't need all this stuff anymore. So now they're getting rid of it, you know, probably yeah, for sure. on it, but, uh, yeah, it might be a good time to, to try to buy some stuff. <laughs> people are selling like, just like stuff that have been sitting in their backyard for like 10 years, all rusty and. Oh nothing. yeah. Yeah. You know, couldn't find a pair of matching dumbbells, you know, all that stuff for like ridiculous amounts of money. Is, it was crazy. Yeah. And uh, also I saw like a lot and yeah, same deal. Like the, uh, like the old school, like plastic weights. Oh yeah. Those, <laughs> like people were selling like a, like 10 pounds for like 40 bucks, man. And, and like, I see people like buying the shit out of this stuff. And I was like, man, come on. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like I would, you know, make, make some sandbags or something before I did that. Yeah. I almost, I almost posted some videos about like making stuff, making equipment at home that you could, you know, not, nothing like too crazy, but like you're saying like sandbags or yeah stuff. Like that. Uh, yeah, for sure. They could have add some variety, but then gyms op open back up officially after that. So I said, eh, forget it. Yeah. Now looking at, um, so as far as like getting, getting new clients right now, so what avenues are you um, doing to try to get new people in the door? And is it, is it even working right now? Like the way people are around there, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, I've used, um, uh, well, I use social media yeah. probably the most. Um, I think that's, you know, as far, especially like, you know, I've, in the past I've, I've paid for like radio ads and, print ads and stuff like that but they never even you know way back then it didn't seem to bring in the numbers to cover the cost it's very expensive but yeah um, trying to think of the um, group like groupon yeah like that that um i'm still running that i still get new clients in uh, weekly for like groupon type stuff and groupon, of course yeah. word of mouth is always one of your best uh, best ways of, of bringing in clients so. oh, for sure man now so so right now like how many new clients do you think you could take on before you had to hire somebody new to help you out um i could probably double 
the clients. So right now I'm at about 50. Okay. It's, it's a smaller gym, but if, you know, I could, I could, you know, once I get past double, then I'm for sure I would have to. Yeah. And I, I'm sure that your experience too, is like being a strength coach, like you're like more, and you've, and you've been in this for a long time, like you're more versed to be able to handle numbers than say like somebody who just got started in the industry. Yep. Right. Yeah. 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 Definitely learn, learn how to multitask. Uh, yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> but you know, a lot of my clients are steady and have been with me for years. Um, so, you know, I can just show them, Hey, here's the workout and just minimal super supervision. You know, I can just, you know, I know they know how to do it and I'll just watch them every once in a while, kind of look out the corner of my eye. Yeah. So like, Oh yeah. Hey, watch your back or, you know, unlock your knees on this or whatever. Um, right. And the new people, especially with the more technical stuff, like this morning I had a pretty new guy. He's only been in a few times starting out CrossFit, never done any Olympic lifts. So, you know, I just focused mostly on him and teaching him, you know, snatches, snatch progressions. And then, um, you know, but I still, it just, you know, still keeping an eye on the, like the boot camper. Cause I, right now I'm, I'm small enough numbers where I can do run two different classes at the same time. Okay. Yeah. Morning, like uh, my first two classes in the morning, I do um, like a five thirty a.m. and an eight thirty a.m. class, and it's it's a mix of CrossFit and boot camp. In okay. The e- in the evening time, I split it up. Um, focus on the CrossFit at five thirty and boot camp at six thirty. Okay. Yeah. So so you're doing like four classes a day, basically. Um, do you have any open gym time? The people oh yeah, pretty yeah. much all day. Pretty much all day open. Oh, that's cool. Okay, at least until I close. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah, so uh, the the open gym stuff. So people can just come in, and are they doing like their own workouts, or are they still trying to follow some kind of program? Like if they came in at like one p.m., like what would what would they be doing? Um, you, most of my open gymmers are doing their own program. We're just yeah. doing their. Own thing. I got a group of guys that. Um, training for football oh cool cool they're, they're you know they're looking to get into some like arena type or you well is it usfl now now it's going to yeah, ever take I off i don't know what they're all called but yeah I, I know what you're talking about though yeah not quite nfl level but they're past college yeah they're yeah, yeah trying to get into some sort of semi-pro type football so they do their own thing and right. i also have other uh, before football season started, I had some college players that were coming in and either doing their own thing or following their uh, college, you know, maybe like a JC uh, summer program or something yeah. like that. Yeah, awesome, man. Do you do you do anything outside at all? Like, do you have an outdoor area that people can do stuff at? Um, no, I haven't had to do that yet. Okay, that's that's good. Here in yeah. Fresno, we'll get. Uh, pretty common this time of year to all summer pretty much to be over 100 degrees oh man yeah and then in the winter time pretty cold in the in the winter time back you know down into the 30s and 40s gotcha so, man. and there's not too much of a window in the fall and the spring where it's actually comfortable outside <laughs> so it's like one or the other then right it's like hot as hell or they're cold yeah pretty much yeah yeah got it got it man well, yeah, so we are, uh, we're running out on the actual podcast. So um, two, two questions for you. So um, the first question being, 
like, let's say like, what does growth look like for you? Like in the next year, assuming everything is cool, like you get to stay open, where would you like to be in a year from now? Um, just bigger numbers and hopefully having it at least one or two uh, assistant coaches. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Now, now before everything, um, did, so you had one or two coaches with you? Yeah. I mean, at, at my peak, um, I had like four or five part-time coaches. Um, and, you know, they didn't necessarily all teach a lot of classes, but yeah. Yeah. Usually I've had at least one or two assistants. Um, like I said, my, in my biggest peak that I had business wise, um, I think I had probably four or five. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, so that's, that's definitely a goal to get back, you know, get, get some more staff on hand, you know, if the numbers, I mean, if you're allowed, I should say to be able to grow like that, like you want to grow. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, it's not necessarily like whether we're allowed to or not, because you could say you're, you know, Hey, gyms are open. You can do whatever you want, but it's hard yeah. getting, there's a lot of people that are, that have just bought into the fear and they're just afraid to go anywhere and, and do stuff around yeah. people. They're just want to stay at home and, and hide, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of tough uh, convincing them, like, come on in, start working out. Yeah, I'm sure. And that's, that's the thing. I think once uh, they have their mind made up, it's, it's tough, man. To, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, cause we're, I deal with that. Like I'm in Tennessee, but it's not as extreme here, but the people that are that way, you know? Um, and that's, I mean, obviously it's their belief. So, I mean, it's really hard to change someone's belief on something. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And uh, last question. So uh, let's say going back when you first started your gym, knowing what you know now, what would be some advice that you would give yourself? Um, related to what? Anything in particular? Just, just anything in particular. Like what do you wish you would have known then that you know now? Um, well, I probably spent too much money on advertising that okay. didn't work. <laughs> yeah, didn't. Just, and when you open, you probably know this. You get yeah. calls and and emails and text messages all day long from all these businesses that claim to be able to, you know, hey, I would guaranteed to to grow your numbers and it only cost this much. You know, I spent a lot of money, wasted a lot of money trying different, um, you know, things. These you know businesses that claim to guarantee to, to grow my numbers and you know it ended up probably losing money overall like brought in so yeah, the, yeah. the uh the advertising uh especially i would say radio radio so you yeah have, you have yeah. to hit the target audience on the radio too you know that's true man yeah and did so, you uh did you ever do a, a commercial like a tv commercial no i didn't no, I did that. That was the biggest waste of money ever. Yeah. Super <laughs> stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Even the radio. Cause and then, you know, you're not always getting the best time slots either. I mean, some of your, some of your ads are playing at like three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that was my biggest thing. Um, you know, with the radio, like I think I never did radio, but of course I did TV. So that's just as bad, but 
my argument with these guys, I was like, well, somebody wants to come to the gym. So what are they going to do? Are they going to like, while they're driving, like write it down, right? Are they going to pull their phone out and start doing all this? I was like, I, I just don't see that happening, you know? And in five or 10 minutes, they've already forgot about it. Yeah, I think with especially like at the beginning, like social, social media has grown a lot um, yeah. in the past 10, 12 years. So when I first started, social media wasn't quite as popular and quite as big. And now it's, I mean, the people get every all their information off of social media now. They oh, absolutely. Media. They get everything off of social media. So, For uh, sure. yeah, that's. But of course, back then that wouldn't have worked <laughs> quite no. as well. You know, but now it's it's for sure it works really well. So yeah, absolutely. Well, Eric, man, thank you for being a guest on the podcast today, man. I enjoyed having you. And um, for our audience out there, if you like this podcast or you found value from this, click the like and subscribe button. And if you're a gym owner and you want to be on the podcast, click the link below and apply to be on the podcast. Until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast, where we talk to real fitness pros who are in the trenches doing work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, Michael Carroza from Carroza Fitness, just down the road from me in Stamford, Connecticut. Michael, how are you doing today? Great, Dominic. How are you doing? Uh, I am fantastic. As you know, it's a beautiful day here in Connecticut, so um, I'm loving life. Late summer in New England is fantastic. So let's talk about Carosa Fitness. Hit us with it. Tell us what you're all about. What is it that you do there? Give us, give us the lowdown. So Carosa Fitness is, uh, you know, I think where it started and where it is is completely different. We started as a uh, strictly in-home private training uh, business. We slowly started evolving into uh, some small group classes um, that required a, a bigger facility that we then grew not only our private training business, but we also grew our, our group classes and then started to take on additional services like um, kids classes, nutrition, uh, we do some weight loss challenges, uh, massage. I'm, I'm in our massage room actually right now. Um, so we, we've turned into, you know, kind of like a, a multi-service uh, facility. Uh, we also have trainers that, that come in and use our facility as their own and rent space. 
So um, a lot of different things happening in a, you know, in a small space, but, but it all works out. You say, you say small space, but you know, 10,000 square feet in, for a lot of gym owners is like paradise, the Taj Mahal, the ultimate dream come true. So it's all relative, you know, it's not a 50,000 square foot LA fitness, but um, you know, big, big, I think you called it the biggest small gym in town and the smallest big gym at the same time. And, and you got, you got a lot of people coming through your doors, right? Somewhere around 200 members coming through on a regular basis right now. Yeah, we probably have 200, 200 plus um, people coming in and out um, anywhere from five years old all the way up to, I think our oldest client is 86. So, um, you know, we have some competitive athletes. Uh, it, it's a, it's a good mix, but at the end of the day, I think the best thing about it here is everybody gets along, whether it's that five-year-old or that 86-year-old. Um, you put them in the same room and uh, they're like family. So it's good. I got to tell you, man, I mostly can associate with five-year-olds better than anybody else. They, they, they I, ask me if I'm a kid or an adult. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, we had, you know, Connecticut was one of the states that's had the most lockdowns, the most restrictions. It's, it's up there, you know, Connecticut, New York. Um, in the States, we've been some of the hardest hit. So how did that affect you and, and what did you do during the various lockdowns, shutdowns, and how have you bounced back? Uh, awesome question. I think, uh, you know, in the beginning when it originally happened, um, you know, I, I started, you know, I've, I've been in here with, with a tremendous amount of confidence as a business owner. We've, we've done really well. We've grown, you know, almost on an annual basis um, from the beginning and then to, to kind of get whacked with with that, with, with, you know, this vision of like, you're possibly going to have to shut down. This will never rebound. And it has nothing to do with the way that you operate, your professionalism, your experience. Um, it's just, you know, it's what the government's kind of putting on your plate. Um, you know, I felt at the time it was, it was like, they were saying, figure out something else to do. Um, there's, there's no, there's, there's not going to be an upside to, to this. Um, but the community here, you know, I think were the ones that, uh, you know, kind of kept me in check, calmed me down a little bit, told me to write it out. You know, we're going to support you. Uh, I think uh, over the, that year, we may have, we may have lost um, maybe five members. Wow. So, you know, to have that kind of support behind you, um, to me as, as a business owner, it was tremendous. I don't, I don't know if I would have made it uh, that long. So, you know, that, that was good. Um, we did a lot of things different just to kind of make everybody happy. I, I said, everybody, okay, we got 10,000 square feet of space. If you don't want to come in and work out, take whatever you need. You know, obviously, you know, uh, we limited it to like maybe a rower, some dumbbells. I, I, I let them have barbells and plates. Um, I think I let everybody have about four, four to five pieces of equipment that uh, if they wanted to put it in their house. And then we ran Zoom. Um, we did some outdoor classes. Um, we did anything to make them happy. Um, you know, I, I tried to do anything to make them feel like they were still getting a decent value for what they were paying me uh, and monthly. Um, my private training people went to Zoom. Um, you know, and, and then little by little, after a few months, I, I felt like it was actually going to be sustainable. It was going to be something that we could, we can pay the bills with and, you know, move forward with possibly grow. Um, 
you know, but it was still at the end of the day, you know, you want, you want to be, I wanted to be where I was last January on January 20 or 21 and having that foresight of, you know, kind of getting there was a little tough, but now I think after a year and a half or so, uh, I, I definitely see it coming back maybe even stronger than it, than it did uh, and was before. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be a testament to the community, to the buy-in, to, you know, the culture that you've created there that you, you know, have had un, unheard of retention throughout the pandemic. Everybody tried anything they could think of, loaning out equipment, going online, doing Zoom, calling people, you know, call 200 people a day on the phone, whatever it was. But that's, you know, that's a stellar, you know, retention rate throughout the pandemic and really, you know, had to feel like, wow, oh, you know, all these years that I've put in, I, I always thought people would back me up, but you couldn't have imagined that it, you could have gotten that type of outpouring of support. No way. No, I mean, I've been confident about a lot of things with business in the past, but never to the extent that they would support me uh, through, through something like that in that way. So that was good. And I didn't have to make a call like that. That's probably the thing that, you know, if they ever see something like this, um, you know, I can never say thank you enough for, for them to, to support me that way. Yeah, absolutely. So you were talking about still having the, you know, now that we're mostly, hopefully fingers crossed past it, still having the, the hope and the goal to continue and grow and exceed to, to pass where you were even pre pandemic, what type of steps are you taking to bring yourself closer to that? Are you doing advertising? Are you heavy on social media? Are you, you know, asking people for referrals on a structured basis? What are you doing to, to gain interest to keep people coming to the door saying, I want to check out Crows of Fitness? So this, uh, this month we're celebrating our 24th uh, anniversary. Um, it'll be at the end of, end of this month. And we're, um, we're going to be giving away 30 free um, memberships to kids from eight to 12. We're starting a new program actually starts today at 430. Nice. Uh, I launched it, I think two weeks ago and in a day and a half, it filled up and we got 30, 30 kids. Um, they're going to be here for four months free, three days a week. Uh, they have to be here at least two days a week in order to maintain the free membership. Um, you know, that's been a great, it's been a great thing from, uh, for the members in here, for the surrounding community. Um, you know, it was kind of like something I could do to give back, um, to, to them in a, in a little bit of a different way. So, you know, that, that's, uh, that's one thing. And then zoom, you know, this is, you know, what we're doing right now is something that I would have liked to do 15 to 20 years ago, but it took a pandemic to get the world to kind of think differently and, and operate a, li a little bit differently. And Zoom is now probably, you know, 40% or so of my private training. Oh, wow. So I, I'd still do a lot of private training from morning to night. All my night uh, PTs are, are usually like this on, on Zoom. Um, that would have never happened two years ago. Um, I would have liked it to, but to, to be able to train now people in Georgia and Florida and Vermont, um, really all over the country is, um, is something that was brought on by the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. And just for a, a frame of reference to um, where you are down there in Stanford, Connecticut is definitely a mix between working class people, but also a lot of professionals who might need to 
travel a lot and really take advantage of that. Is that where you find most of those people are taking advantage of it is the kind of local professionals who know you but want to keep in touch outside when they're not in Connecticut? Oh, yeah. Over the years, I'd say, you know, my PT business is almost not completely shut down, but I'd say 50% of it is lost from vacations in you know, June, July and August. They're in the Hamptons and you know, they're out west and, and they're all they're really all over the place. So this summer I was able to train everybody. I didn't lose a person um, one, two, three days a week, uh, regardless of where they were. Uh, everybody has the equipment now. Um, to, to do it. Um, now people that are on traveling on business, you know, if they've lost maybe midweek sessions, uh, they're training now in their hotel room, they're taking their phone down, down to the gym. Um, and that, that's a, that's a huge plus, uh, for, for a small business like us, um, as far as revenue goes. So, um, yeah, that's all, that's all new stuff that, you know, I, I could have only wished for before. Yeah. The pandemic has forced everybody to embrace Zoom and for better or for worse, there's a lot of upside to it. And especially for, you know, for people who are in the fitness business, it's, it's opened a lot of new doors, especially in the, the personal training business. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for us, you know, we have, it's a CrossFit type facility. So, you know, the energy in here is not necessarily what some of the people that do private training are, are looking for. You know, they're not looking to come into a gym and, and see, 30 people, you know, doing handstand push-ups and clean and jerks. You know, they, they like it to be a little bit more intimate. Um, the, I, I think, you know, a lot of them have supported me just because of the amount of time that I've been with them and we have a great relationship. But a lot of them, I think now do like and prefer to be at home working out in their basement with me um, rather than coming into, into the middle of a class with uh, the music going crazy and, and people all over the place. So it's good. Absolutely. So that actually it kind of brings me to the next thing that I, that I want to know with the, the variation that you have there in the, in the facility and out of the facility. When somebody does raise their hand, Michael, I'm interested in Crows of Fitness. I don't know what's going to be best for me. Uh, I, what do I do? What's the intake process? What happens if I express interest and I don't know if I want to do PT or group or whatever. Is it the same process every time? Is it just you doing it? Do you have other people doing it? What does it look like from when someone raises their hand to when they have that first session of any type? So the first thing I want to know is what their goal is. Um, if their goal is general fitness, which is what we, we typically will see, um, that's, that's a good starting point. The next thing I would want to know is uh, if they have any limitations, do they have any lingering you know, aches and pains? Do they have any maybe um, uh, surgeries that they just had, um, significant joint issues? Um, if that's the case, then you know, PT is where we would always start them. We are um, you know, very much community driven. So I typically, if I, take a, if I have a healthy individual that is interested in general fitness, group classes is definitely where I would like them to be and where I feel like they would get the most bang for their buck. Um, if working out with other people isn't their thing and they have a very specific goal, then um, private training is, is, is the more intelligent route um, for me and for, for them and, and just for the gym in general. The last thing I wanna do is put somebody who doesn't like to work with people in a, in a group class or to take the most social person in the gym 
and saying, we only can do private training. Uh, you can't work out with your friends. Um, it's not going to help. At the end of the day, it doesn't help anybody anybody out. But it, you know, generally, I think that the average person would benefit the most from group training. Yeah, absolutely. And that's you know where where you can see where you're heavy on that, but you realize that there is a time and place and a fit for that private training. When you say that private training, is it strictly one-on-one -on -one or do you get into two-on-one, three-on-one or more, or is it either group or one-on-one? -on -one? I would do two-on, I, I do do two-on-ones and mm -hmm. they, they, they get along well and, and we communicate well. I find that sometimes the two-on-ones uh, can be a lot of waste of time where you know the two people are you know talking a lot a lot more when you're in a group it's more like being in a big classroom and there's only the instructor there's only the coach you know doing the the teaching and every once in a while people have their time to talk but for the most part you're getting a lot of work done in a very short amount of time um but we do have uh some semi-privates here in the gym and then through zoom um that work just as efficiently and uh, it's great. I have somebody who works in, uh, she's in Nantucket, he's in New York City, and we work out together three days a week, and it's awesome. It's, it's, it's the exact same as if we were here. Yeah, yeah, it definitely helps to scale time a little bit, you know, depending on if it's your niche, if you feel like you can deliver the service the way you want to. But it's also just great to hear that you're open to it and you offer it at least in the instances when, when it's going to be appropriate for those clients, right? It's not one size fits all. You're not shoehorning, you know, social Steven or social Sally into a one-on-one -on -one or vice versa. So, you know, there's, there's more than one way to skin a cat. And if you realize that it, it certainly helps you affect more people, change more lives. So um, totally. The people that are going into group, do they have to do any type of on-ramp, any type of training, beginner's class, or do you just try to pay them special attention while they're new, point them towards specific coaches, anything like that? Yeah, so we usually, we use a gym software called Zen Planner. Okay, yep, and, familiar. Uh, I know a lot, of, a lot of gyms probably use it, and there's a lot of okay. different ones out there, but we use Zen Planner pretty much to control where and when new people can go to classes and we'll put them in smaller classes. We'll put them with maybe, uh, you know, I like to get them, my eyes on them the most. So I might put them in my class a little bit more just so that I can kind of get them up to speed the way that I like. And then I'll, I'll kind of, um, I'll open up their, their, their accounts and they can start taking, you know, all the other classes. And that always works, works well for a lot of, a lot of things. It works well for me. I get to know them on a personal level. Um, they, I get to cover more things than um, maybe some of the other coaches might cover only because I'm, I'm also doing all the operations over here as well. So um, it's just a good way of getting the speed bumps, the, the bumps off the, uh, the road. And then uh, once it's all nice and smooth, I let them go. <laughs> yeah. So your software actually has the capability to restrict access to certain classes that you may grade or types or times or whatever it is. So you leverage that. I'm sure it took a bit of programming or a bit of data entry, but you leverage that to say, hey, Michael, you're new. Go on here. These are the classes you can book. And this is why. You let them know that that's why it is when you when you lay it out. Yeah. So we program here uh, two weeks in advance. So okay. I have our programming done 
well in advance so I can go into the computer and say, okay, tomorrow we're gonna be doing overhead squats and snatches or uh, let's say uh, handstand push-ups. I wouldn't want Joe, who's never done CrossFit before, to walk into that as his trial, as trial class. It's just gonna be a bad experience for him. It's gonna be a bad day for the coach. Um, you know, and I think that's where, you know, if we had to have a conversation about, you know, CrossFit, you know, CrossFit's been going on for a while, but I think that was missing for me when I was, when we were an affiliate, we used to basically let the new people go into all the classes. And, you know, in our minds, it was more like, um, you know, CrossFit's for everybody. It's universally scalable, but, you know, it is, but you have to still have to get through the psychological, you know, point of that client and most people are not ready to hop into climb rope climbs and uh, handstand walks on day one of their first fitness day yeah yeah human experience and intimidation isn't universally scalable unfortunately right so, right while you while you may know that they can do it it's sometimes not it's often not easy to convince somebody else that they can do it or that scaling isn't cheating or makes them less than so your workaround for that is to not is to take away some of that intimidation to take away some of those early experiences that could sour them before you even have a chance to get them involved in your community and, and see all the upside and that's what we talk about with the coaches you know a lot is is what what's causing the most fear and most people that are starting within day one and, and, and their 120th day. And it's usually it's box jumps, it's going upside down and it's climbing a rope. And it's almost the same for, I'd say 95% of people have that fear of those three things. And we just take that off the plate. You know, we give them, we give them step ups, we give them dumbbells for an overhead press and we have them do ring rows instead of climbing a rope. And it, it, it works and you can see how much calmer they are um, it's hard to teach somebody who's freaked out from the start. It's very hard for them to learn. And it's hard, it's far, it's hard for you to kind of get your point across to somebody like that. Yeah. So yeah, the defenses uh, definitely come down at that point. You and I are both old enough to remember rope, rope climbs in gym classes. Right. And that was always a nightmare for somebody. And it, I think it give, gives some people flashbacks. That's for sure. Totally. If I didn't climb the rope, I was going to get a wedgie from somebody. I was definitely, something was going to happen that I, that I didn't like. <laughs> And, and now we both know that if you don't wear some obnoxious socks or pants, you're going to get a nasty rope burn. So it, it doesn't really get any better. You just no, it, it doesn't. And, it just, uh, it's, you add a little fun to it, I guess. Totally. A little dress up every once in a while. It keeps people on their toes. You know, it, that's a nice way for me to tell somebody that's new coming in, like you should look at the workout in advance. And she's been here for eight years and she comes dressed a certain way because she's had those bloody shins and she's had those ripped hands, you know, learn from the experienced people. And that's the nice thing about having a facility like this, where you have people that have been here for 24 years and you have people that just started today is they, not only am I teaching them something, but so is the community. And if they pay attention, they can learn a lot faster than we learned 15 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. And that, I swear it's like you're reading my mind because one of the things that I wanted to ask is, is about lessons and things that we've learned. I don't get the opportunity to speak to a lot of people who have been doing what you're doing for as long in a very similar fashion, right? You've had, obviously, CrossFit wasn't there at the beginning, and now it's you're still using some of the modalities, but not the name. 
And for somebody like yourself, who's been in the business, you know, coming up almost 25 years, there, things have changed, times have changed. But if you had to say there were one or two lessons or pieces of advice or, or things that you could give to your younger self and anybody listening, you know, big, big takeaways from being in the industry so long. And if, if I don't, you know, if you don't mind me saying so, being relatively successful and building up this community that was sort of pandemic proof, if you had a couple of tidbits, a couple of things that you think you could share, what would those be? I think, uh, you know, for me, the, you know, I've learned to be more patient by, by far. I, I learned to understand that the way that I learned something is not necessarily the way that, that everybody else is going to learn something. And I kind of push that with the rest of the staff as well. And we have to always understand uh, that if there's, you know, uh, if you didn't teach it one way, something, there's probably 24 different ways to do it. It's just like giving somebody a modification for a, a pull-up or push-up or, you know, what, whatever. There's just a lot of ways to te- kind of teach people different things. Um, you know, the other thing is uh, delegating, you know, not giving it, not, not having everything be on my plate and, and learning to be okay with the way that somebody else is going to do something and, and coach a member and teach a client and, maybe even do, do some of the responsibilities that, that we have in the gym. You know, I, I lay it out one way, but as long as it gets done, um, it doesn't have to be that, that, that one way. So, you know, I've learned to calm down that way and kind of take myself off of all the responsibilities and, and, and let the other people here that work here and, and that are here all the time um, do it their way too. And I think um, they would say that they feel a lot more comfortable now versus probably working with me 15 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's certain things that, uh, that experience and tenure, um, are the only way that you can learn it. Right. It's easy to say like, be patient, calm down, um, you know, trust other people, trust the staff, because ultimately that's trusting yourself. Right. Oh, I I made a decision. I put this person here. I can back up a little bit. Right. Maybe not, yep. maybe not run away. You know, you're definitely not ready to be the absentee. Um, I know it sounds you maybe spend a little bit more time on a boat or something like that if you can when the weather's totally. nice. But absolutely but still, kids are around now. So you know, that that's another thing. You know, I have I have um you know that part of my life that wasn't there before. Um, you know, as far as fam- family goes, and you know, I want them to be part of what I'm doing just as much as I want to be, I want to be here. So it's kind of forced me to step, step out a little bit more and, and, and um, let everybody else, you know, do their responsibilities and, and they do a great job and we have a great staff. And I, um, I always have, you know, that, that's the, that's the other thing is looking back. I never had a staff that I really had to worry about. I had people that were just as passionate as me, just as dedicated as me. Um, they, you know, wanted to be in this industry full time. So I was always lucky enough to have that. Um, but I got to say, like, probably 15 years ago, I didn't see it the way that I see it now. Yeah. So you have that benefit, that luxury of experience, for sure. And, and sometimes you're going to make some mistakes. You're going to trip up along the way. And as long as you learn from them, you just keep going forward. Yeah, I'm, I'm big on learning from failing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I like my lessons hard and painful. So that's really the only way I learn anything, I feel. uh, So 
as you continue, right, still being open-minded, still learning, still growing. Uh, one of my favorite things to think about on these interviews is what if I could check in on you in a year, two years down the line, if you could paint that perfect picture, where would you be when we do the follow-up? You know, the, the gym and you, and they don't have no, to be the same. I, uh, I feel like somebody asked me that question uh, recently. And I feel like right now is such a tough time to answer the question only because I feel like we, we just resurrected from death. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I feel like it's like a, I'm in a born again kind of situation. I'm in a, I'm operating a business that is, you know, somewhat new to me. I'm dealing with a community of people that is, is, you know, part of it is, is new to me. We, 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 we did accumulate quite a few members over the, over the last year. Mm -hmm. um, so to like, I'm excited. I'm, I'm like, I'm kind of like too excited to think that I would want it to be any different. So if I, if you asked me that question, like, 20 years ago, I would have wanted to be doing the same thing that I'm doing right now. And I feel like I, I got to this point where I could be home with my kids at night and I could do this while I'm with them and I could be here in the morning and I'm, I'm still a big part of the community over here and managing the coaches. So, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really wouldn't want much to, to be different. I, I don't, I feel like I have a good balance of, of work and play and family. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, yes, I, I wouldn't want to maybe do some updates. We've, we've been here for a long time. So I maybe want to upgrade the, uh, the gym a little bit. Um, you know, a few more members wouldn't hurt. Um, but I do feel like we're, we're moving in a, in, in the direction that I wanted it to be in from the beginning of starting these group classes in conjunction with private training. Awesome. Awesome. That's was that a terrible answer. You were probably looking for a different answer. No, no. I was all, <laughs> all we're ever looking for is the truth, man. It's it's different for everybody. And it's great to hear it because it's not just for me or just for you. It's for everybody out there listening. And there are a lot of people who can who might feel like they're on an island or might feel selfish or might feel like they're they're not taking care of themselves enough. There's all these different things. And sometimes it's just enough to hear, like, all right there's somebody else out there that feels the same way. So no, we appreciate all, all perspectives. So no such thing as a bad answer there at all. Yeah, that's good. That's good to hear. <laughs> Absolutely. Michael, I think uh, we're about out of time. Before we wrap up, tell everybody where they can find you online, uh, Facebook, website, Instagram, Snapchat, wherever, wherever you're found, Twitter. Sure. Uh, our website's CorozaFitness.com. And our Instagram and Facebook is Corosa Fitness. Uh, like we were saying in the interview, uh, we do in-person, but we also do virtual, private training, small, small group, um, nutrition, programming. So um, you can find us through any of those outlets. And uh, if you're around, we'd love to see you in the gym. Right down there in, in Stamford, Connecticut on the uh, Gold Coast, as they say, right? Gold Coast. But it, it doesn't take gold to drop in to Corozza Fitness. No, no. You get a three-day trial. There Just you go. Go to the website and ask me. <laughs> Absolutely. Michael, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you being here today. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Dominic. That was great. You're very welcome, sir. And we thank everybody out there listening. If you want to hear more episodes, you want to hear people like Michael, maybe some people doing different things, different concepts, hit the subscribe button, give us a like, throw us a review, 
We love all the feedback. If you want to be on the show, click the link in the description. There's a form, fill it out. Someone from the team will get back to you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, changing lives, kicking ass. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.